0: Welcome to Driving the Trains with Steve McKay. Hey folks, it's Wednesday. We're in the mini. It's time to talk trains. Say hi, Adam. Hey, it's me, Adam. I'm here today. Adam's with us again, which is always a great thing. I don't know, you're not like a special guest. I I think you're like the honored co-host or something or fairly frequent co-host i don't know. we got to come up with a moniker people send tweet me out your monikers for adam folks and uh okay
1: hold on what the hell is going yeah, on let's see what we can come there up with
0: got a got a couple of housekeeping things here all right we're gonna open go the, to the parking garage yeah i gotta here, get to yeah. open the garage door and uh deal with the parking tag all right uh a couple couple notes um first of all i hope everybody enjoyed uh My conversation with jeremiah on the last podcast Uh, i always enjoy talking trains with him and uh, i hope you enjoyed listening to us chatter on um uh adam pop quiz what do you think is the number four country where our listeners are at (laughs) number four number four so the first second and third are all english speaking and so they're kind of easy we got the u.s no shock uh, I think UK is actually above Canada, and when I say UK, I don't know British Isle, whatever the whatever they're choosing to call themselves, the exit country, um, and then and then Canada. So that's the top three. But number four is a non English speaking country. Well, that's definitely oh. a hint. Yeah, um, got a guess? And Australia is English speaking. Just for the record, they're number five.
1: So. It wasn't. Uh, wait, what were the first three you, you said? Uh, Canada, yeah. US, and UK or England, UK. or whatever they're called. I, I, I'm not sure what the metrics are, so like including. In the, I think you may have gave a hint in a previous previous week, but I can't quite remember. But...
0: Sweden. We have ten percent of our listeners, or at least ten percent of the downloads of the podcast, is Sweden. Wow so and they have multiple languages well yeah i guess so i don't know well, yeah. who knows Who knows? they don't the english is not the first one that's the thing that i know but uh yeah so sweden 10 percent, and our listenership is up like the thing is estimating at like 185 people that means there's like almost 20 people in sweden who have too much time on their hands to talk to trains and but i'm hoping there's like is, is there some con in sweden there should be like some 18xx con we should they should if you're in Sweden you got to tweet at us and let us know when we can come play train games with you and and by the way i'm not coming there from like september 15th through like april 30th like there's no way in hell i'm going yeah. to Sweden I i to live in minnesota
1: that's cold enough we got another caltrain showing today yeah we got caltrain
0: yeah we got the we got the theme going yeah it's always nice to have the trains go by I've been wanting to go to Sweden, so yeah. maybe that could be the thing that yeah. puts over the edge for yeah. the place i pick. Yeah, the Where next that would... vacation. That'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, let's see. Other programming notes. Um, it's Valentine's Day weekend coming up in the U.S., which means you may not be listening to this podcast anytime soon because I got a few activities. Uh, going to the theater and going to the roller derby with the sweetheart. So, you know, a little little bit of both ends of culture there. Um, so not a lot of train gaming. Um let's see what else okay uh you may notice i'm stalling do you know why i'm stalling adam
1: uh is it because you're uncomfortable with this current topic i am uncomfortable with the current topic how did adam know (laughs) so we put the
0: poll up on the tweeters and um the i got 40 people to reply to the twitter thing so i think that's pretty good and um like forty three, forty six percent of them were like eighteen seventeen, which I knew that was going to happen before I put the poll up. Like eighteen seventeen gets a lot of like, I think there's a lot of mystique around it because it's a big game, so maybe not a lot of people own it, and it was kind of, it's kind of expensive, but it's getting a reprint and everybody's heard of like it's this Grail type eighteen XX game and. I suck at this game. I suck at this game so bad. And so, yeah. But fortunately, Adam, as usual, does not suck at this game. So we actually can have an intelligent conversation. Or at least Adam, listen to him. Don't listen to me, folks. Um, well, I wouldn't say this is one of my top games, but it's one of my favorite games. Oh, I, I, I don't think I, we play this game often enough for us to have it be a top game. Like, Because if we go and play <laughs> with like the other mr anderson you know we're we're all probably getting our asses handed Mm -hmm. to us uh we got a buddy simon simon um (laughs) simon wins this game against us with like zero effort that's probably the most annoying thing like You'll play the game with Simon and you'll be like, why isn't Simon doing anything? And then the end tallies up and he's beat you by like 30%. It's it's just, yeah, it's, it is what it is, folks. But um, anyway, um, just a couple programming notes on this. So um, I went up to BGG to look for a map to print out so we'd have a reference. I found one. So we've got that. But I also found that there's a strategy guide up there. It's like a 25-page strategy guide. Um, In the doc, it says it was written by Odd Man, but it was uploaded by someone named Odd Void, or at least that's their BGG ID. And that person's name is something I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce when you look at their profile. So anyway, Odd Man, Odd Void, Odd Whoever... um, you know maybe i took a look at it it looked fairly good i didn't have time to read through it so if you listen to the podcast you want to know more maybe that maybe odd man knows more than we do and go check that out um wow traffic is non-existent today um we're like almost on the bridge already and that was even with the train delay um okay we play the game typically four or five players every once in a while six never Mm -hmm. three So anything you listen to here today has nothing to do with a three-player game. It has a lot more to do with a four- or five-player game, maybe something to do with a six-player game. We also play with ten shorts. We never play with five, much to my consternation because I don't know how to defend against ten shorts well. Um, And um, we typically allow overpaying of the um, privates. Um, In practice, that means someone might overpay on Pittsburgh. Rarely does anybody... I guess we've seen Andy overpay on the token. I think I've seen him overpay on that one.
1: But Yeah, I've, we've only seen him pay face value for the extra token. Yeah, private. I think I
0: played one game. Anyway, He, it, might, he yeah, might have some, overpaid one yeah, time. Maybe overpaid one time on the token, but typically no one overpays on anything Wait, other than Pittsburgh.
1: When it comes to overpaying, I'm, I'm usually the one that proposes that we, we do it, and then... Well Talbot too well you don't play as much oh. with
0: Talbot but Talbot's always you gotta overpay otherwise he just buys Pittsburgh for $40 if Yes, it, if so he's got
1: priorities that's yeah. usually why you would play with this ruling is if you don't play with it first it's generally considered for the whoever gets first player to just buy Pittsburgh at face value yeah Yeah. and uh, by overbidding it sort of makes it uh, more of a game on like who's gonna get it and at what price you might still even get it at $40 but it just comes out later or something yeah
0: yeah, so so all right, let's let's get into it here. Um, open private auction strategies. That's where we're going to start at. By the way, we get this massive agenda. Uh, traffic appears to be light, um, but so I don't think we're going to get through it all. We'll Probably have a part two podcast um, on this one. So anyway, if, if you're like, oh man, I can't wait till they get, they get to the late game, it may not happen, folks. Anyway, um, opening private auction strategies. We kind of briefly touched on Pittsburgh. Let's just continue on Pittsburgh. Adam, like, okay. Most people think it's worth paying at least forty-five for it. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on Pittsburgh? Do you go for
1: Pittsburgh? Are you, do you I, just bidding up on Pittsburgh? What's I I have played Pittsburgh quite a bit, and I've paid forty-five for it quite a bit, um, and been pretty happy with the results. I think I may have paid fifty for it one game, and I, I mean I can't say that that was like. Terrible, but it, it wasn't good. Um, I've heard uh, some analysis on this that it's like every amount you're paying over face value on the privates is amplified great, much greater than the five dollars that that amount is um, compared to what you could be getting on other privates.
0: Yeah, I so, mean, the and and sort of just kind of as a general like private auction type thing on this. I mean one of the big advantages that you're trying to get out of that private auction is an increase in seed money, the ability to bid higher on, on your opening companies. And, and so you're, you, you know, you're, you're doubly hurting yourself by, by going over on the Pittsburgh. Um, And it's probably why it was in the original rules. Um, But, you know, Pittsburgh is that rare exception. Now, one of the interesting things is, would you ever overpay for pittsburgh and then not lay the tile no i i would never do that okay so so that's an important thing to understand folks is like just because you got the pittsburgh private doesn't mean you're going to get to lay that tile or want to lay that tile if you don't get pittsburgh right if you if you you, you get Pittsburgh Steel Mill as the private, but if you don't get the map location, you know, so you have to be prepared that if they're bidding you up to 45 or 50, if you really want to go to 50, you are now in the position where they are going to, your opponents are going to know Pittsburgh is a must for you. You have to win that. And so make sure you plan for that. Make sure you understand that, that those two are
1: not necessarily connected. Um now, you, I, usually it would be a mistake to take Pittsburgh if you don't have it, but letting someone take Pittsburgh at, like, a really low price and letting them open, like, three companies and and not two, um, that's also a mistake yeah. probably. So
0: Yeah, and I, I've played a game um, with, uh, you know, Jonathan, then and, and not Jonathan Anderson, the other Jonathan, and he was like oh i got the pittsburgh thing and now i'm the first location i'm gonna bid on is charleston and i'm gonna get charleston and pittsburgh and he, and he bid up on charleston and it was like oh you bid up on charleston well we're just gonna screw you on pittsburgh we're gonna you know we're gonna not give you pittsburgh and pittsburgh isn't gonna lay, get laid which is also gonna make charleston suck and he was like but wait a minute guys we all want pittsburgh to be there and we were like not as much as you do <laughs> and so so yeah. you know don't get greedy folks don't don't think you know you can get some of the better locations on the map and wait for pittsburgh to go later um know, yeah, it may be worth denying you that it's like aha you paid 45 for pittsburgh and you're not gonna lay the tile so um anyway just something to keep in mind in mind when, when you're dealing with Pittsburgh. Any any other thoughts on Pittsburgh or should we move
1: on? Uh, one of the the things I found from playing with um, the Seattle group the first time was that Pittsburgh is is a private similar to other games. Like it's, it's pretty like obvious in hindsight, but I didn't realize it when I was first playing 17, that the company, you don't have to put the Pittsburgh private on the company in Pittsburgh. You can put it um, in a different company and actually, a lot of times you want to to do this. And the opener looks something like uh, some company that doesn't really need um, a lot of track lays, so they can forego its track lay near its home, like maybe South New York or somewhere else. Yeah. Um, it spends this track lay um, laying the Pittsburgh tile, and then the Pittsburgh company runs later and lays the mountain tiles and stuff around it, so you can set up. Um, right. A bigger opening sooner, and and I've seen I've seen them uh, do that where they'll like,
0: you know, the Philadelphia company will have the Pittsburgh tile, it'll lay the Pittsburgh tile, and then the actual company <laughs> that's in Pittsburgh gets to lay two track tiles with coal tokens on them in that first run, you know. Yep. And so yeah, that's that is an interesting strategy play um, with the Pittsburgh miner. It does take
1: miner. some um, like arranging your companies to run in the right order and doing it wrong is really going to affect your outcome.
0: Yes. Yes. Do it right, folks. Don't don't just think, "Oh, I've heard about the strategy. I'm going to I'm going to yeah mess around you no know, yeah think it think through all right let's move on from pittsburgh because um, we could probably talk another 20 minutes on pittsburgh if we really had to um let me just give a quick rundown so on also safety tip like as usual we are not going through the rules in this if, if i'm sure there's a better rules teach out there with like visual aids and on youtube and blah 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 um and so you know if you don't know what the hell we're talking about don't expect to know anymore anytime soon. Um so okay, there, there's a there's a basically like several categories of privates. There's the coal companies. They give you one, two, or three uh coal tokens, um, and those can be laid on mountains that are adjacent to a city or offboard, important safety tip, or offboard. Um, and uh the tile has to be able to connect directly to a city or that offboard. Um Now it doesn't have to connect immediately right then and there, but it has to basically be pointed in so when the city upgrades, it will eventually be
1: able to be connected. Um, I miss this rule up a lot because my dream was always to do Pittsburgh to Scranton Mm. with with coal. Yeah. And then someone has to tell me that I can't have my dream.
0: Yeah, you cannot have your dream because there's at least one mountain tile out there that you cannot lay that coal token into. and so, and then the other category is the bridge companies. Um, there's just two bridge companies, right? There's one with one bridge token, one with two. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bridges can be laid down in the Netherlands there. Um, and and also they give you a, they give you a discount on the uh, the river tiles. Yep. Um, this mail contracts, big, medium, small. They just funnel money into your company, um, which is great because you're gonna have to pay for loans somehow.
1: Um in early part of the game, those can really be super handy. And even late part of the game. Um, the safety is, tip on those is that you have to have a train to get the meal money. So you don't get it in your first OR, which um guy messed up a a par price on a company yeah, with that yeah. ruling before. Yeah. Um
0: and then we've got the mountain engineers. The mountain engineers make it cheaper to lay in mountains, and if you combine them with a coal, you can make it so that you can get paid to lay in the mountains. Um, and then the extra token, which gives your company one extra token. All right, so those are the generics. Um, I'm gonna quickly categorize those. So one of the things that you have to think about with these companies is there are, there's basically two categories. There are, and, and in one category is the extra token and the mountain engineers, which those two will only benefit, oh, and the mail contracts, sorry, those three will only benefit you. There is zero benefit to the other companies in the game, other players in the game. You get all the cash, you get all the benefits, and those only benefit you. Whereas the coal companies, the bridge companies, and Pittsburgh are in the other other category. Yeah, you get to decide where to lay those things, but you're not the only one getting the benefit of those things. And so when when you're, I'm not saying those are less valuable, but when you're factoring in how much you pay for these things, and, and you know which companies these are going to be valuable in you know you have to factor in the fact that everybody gets a benefit possibly I mean not everybody but several people are going to get benefits and so that's that's kind of like one of the safety tips on these privates um, and and just just keep that in mind let's start with the coal companies Adam your thoughts on the on the coal companies
1: uh, they the single coal and the double coal are, in my opinion, better to get. Uh, the triple coal costs a lot, takes away the money you could be using to buy trains, and a lot of times you don't get the opportunity to um, lay all three coals until like mid game. Like there might be just one sitting on your charter, so then you kind of paid extra. Um, if you get a big enough amount of seed money and discount on it, it's good. It's you know it's great or. Maybe the situation where, where you want to get, when you I don't know. There's, a, there's probably other situations where it's good. Um, once I someone if, has bound engineers, if you can pair that on Pittsburgh, you're likely to get
0: the free gold tokens out early. If you're yes, if it, you're, but if you're not, or maybe maybe Charleston, but if you're not one of those two starting locations, it's unlikely
1: you're going to get all those gold tokens out. The thing that works against that though is a lot of times that person that has the single and the double coal station is the person that starts Charleston. Yeah. And so they're going to lay those there. And then you as Pittsburgh may not be the ones laying that, like those tiles may be laid for you. Something to consider um, when you're being the Pittsburgh player. Uh, it also matters like who is going to be requiring to lay the mountains between Charleston and Pittsburgh, depending on the order they operate and, who, and who's going to want to run that train first and have the mountain tokens uh, also, whoever gets mountain engineers is a big factor in this. Yeah. Um, I, when we play with Jonathan, he, likes, he really likes that single coal token. It's his, his favorite private. Yeah. Um,
0: so one, one of my observations about the coal tokens is most people fully understand, hey, I'm getting extra revenue if I pass through this hex, and that's awesome. Okay. But the other thing that the coal tokens do that, I got to be honest, I think is almost more valuable or at least as valuable is they lock the track. The track they're laid on can never be upgraded. And so if you are wanting to get into the East Coast and you're not in the East Coast and the coal tokens were not owned by you you're probably not getting into the east coast very easily you know um whereas you know taking a, like taking a coal token away and making people bid up on the east coast and then not actually laying a coal token in there maybe laying one up near boston or something crazy like that can mean that the map opens up considerably because the you know with the loss in track in this game, everybody's like, oh, it's so easy to build routes. And then towards the end game, you're going, why am I running an eight train? Is this four? It's you know the map is not as open as it looks because of the gold tokens, and and making sure that you're laying those gold tokens not just for the revenue, but also to lock down track and block players. I th- I think is a huge part of the late game. It's done in the early part of the game, but Depending upon how it's done, it it has this lasting impact that you see throughout the the entire game. So, anyway, that factor that in when you're thinking about do I want the coal tokens? How am I going to lay them? Where am I going to lay them? Um, especially yep. especially if they, you can build this triangle that just kills that city. What the hell is that city down there again? Oh, uh, Black Black Blacksburg. Blacksburg yeah. yeah, Blacksburg. I mean, Blacksburg can have. Can have coal uh, mines laid around it, so this it doesn't get out. It like can only go east, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I and mean,
1: that's it's really bad. It's for, it's bad to begin with, and it's really bad if that happens to it. So. so a lot of times, Charleston's tokened out really fast. So Blacksburg, yeah, is not a, a place you want to be. Yeah, um, right. In the game, all right. Let's um, talk about bridge companies briefly. Um, Adam, how much do you hate the bridge companies? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think that. I mean the, the person that has in wants the single bridge um, private and it's pretty much only valuable for them and uh, I really want I, I usually want to open anything else <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be opening down there it's just so hard to get east. yeah and because like, because of that like Like Charleston through Pittsburgh is probably locked. So if you're going east, you're gonna build all the way up north around Pittsburgh. And then like part of that into Scranton's blocks, you might have like a single mountain pass that you can get through. And it's gonna take you like 10 trackways to get there. Yeah. And it's just not gonna happen without you merging into something better. Yeah, so- Or buying tokens through an acquisition. Yeah, so for the record, I did not ask Adam his opinion on these companies before.
0: The podcast. I I have played with Adam. He avoids these things like the plague. Um, and, yeah. And so I would definitely say that, like the single bridge company, if you can get it for like you know, maybe you know sixty, you know sixty percent of face value or whatever, you know thirty bucks or whatever it is. Maybe you know it's a little extra money for your for your uh, starting your companies. Um, the the only time that the double bridge company is halfway worth buying is a you're getting a huge discount on it and you're doing a three company strategy early because most likely your third company is going to be in the hell hole of the bridge territory and and you know you're going to be paring low anyway so you're not going to get your choice on cities to start and and so this is a way to get extra capital and you're going to be operating down there anyway so why not but otherwise, like, yeah, don't don't worry if someone gets a pretty big discount on that. They're, they're I, probably putting a boat anchor around their neck, in my opinion.
1: I think there was a game where I won the double bridge company because it was fairly cheap to get the seed capital, and I was planning on doing the start in Cincinnati and Louisville um, with the double bridge token together with the three-company start, like Steve is mentioning. And... I still ended up bidding on like Baltimore and South New York, and I ended up getting some. I ended up winning one of those, <laughs> and then I I didn't even start at all in Cincinnati and Louisville. I just, you know, just chalked it up to I'd rather be over in, you know, Baltimore. Yeah, you get extra so, seat so money. Then, those bridges yeah. never
0: get laid. Oh well, no big, no big loss there. Yeah, you know,
1: maybe at some point they can get merged in, and yeah. yeah. Maybe you put in a company you're
0: liquidating and someone else will see those tokens as valuable. Who knows? Um, all right. Okay, let's move on. Um, we kind of brief... Let's talk about mail contracts just real briefly. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, thoughts on the mail contracts? I usually see it as just a way to have more loans in your company. Um, yeah, it gives you money, but it's just kind of letting you pay interest. Um, I don't seek after them a lot. If I'm not... If I know I'm not going to be opening, like, Pittsburgh or Charleston, I'm not getting the cool tokens, That I'm more interested in the mail contracts. Yeah. I, I would say in our group, the mail contracts are fairly highly
0: valued. Like, yeah. I don't see them getting bigger than a $15 discount, even on the biggest one. Um, and so... I think if you're if you're in a group which is not valuing those, I think they're great. Um, I think that if you can get them at a, at a nice discount, they're great. Um, they're gonna get, like, especially the big one's gonna allow you to have a extra loan on the company, into the, you know, even into the sort of hellacious, um, you know, interest rates, 35, $40 a share. It's like, you're gonna be able to endure just a little bit better, um, but if, if your company, if your group is fairly valuing them, I kind of, you know, I sort of knock it off once it gets into that fair value territory. Of like they're not critical, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, extra token, we touched on this briefly. I I love the extra token. I think the extra token is super valuable. Um, the, there is a trick to the extra token though, in that it is much more valuable in a company that's going to operate first if if you if you port it in a company that's going to operate low in the totem pole what you're saying is that that three train is somehow going to break in the second or set not set but second or first or set second or and you're hoping to lay that token you know because the the three train broke so if you're in a game, and you're like, you've got a strategy to somehow get the three train to break in the first half of the um, second OR before your company with the extra token happens, then you're going to be able to lay that token before anybody thinks to grow their company to a five share company and have tokens, you know, free reign on the board. Um, but most likely, the three train isn't going to reliably break. In that o r set and and you're going to want that extra token to be happening at the top of the order uh in that um, in that second o r set in the the o 2.1 or whatever you want to call it 2.A, um, so that so that you're not competing or you can compete with companies that grew to five shares so that they would be able to token Pittsburgh or someplace like that um,
1: Yeah, Pittsburgh is the most valuable place for that extra token. Um, You know, maybe like Baltimore is another great place for it. Or um, somehow maybe it's Charleston. If you're the Pittsburgh player with it, it's unlikely. Yeah. Uh, If you're playing a three-company strat, then you're probably paring them all low and running late in the operating order. And then you have three companies that are running close to each other that you can... Try to work with to make the three train happen, assuming that the other players gobbled up the T pluses by then. So you might have the the um, the ordering and and the actions to make it happen, and the payouts to make it happen with a bunch of two trains. Yeah, and and that way you can kind of arrange it. But you're really planning early for something that's pretty far away, trying to land that um, yeah. to make it all work out for you.
0: Yeah. Um. All right, mountain engineers. I don't, I don't know if there's much to be said here. If you're, if, if you're gonna go to coal, coal tokens, it's
1: certainly valuable to have the mountain engineers. It's kinda nice to put it up before you start going coal, just so you can see where it lands. Yeah. If, um, if bidding-wise, if you have the mountain engineers, then the coal tokens are worth more to you than they are to other people. Uh, it doesn't generally matter that yeah. much, but it's extra information for people on their bidding. Yeah. Who's got that? Uh, it lets you build a lot more track early on if you have it with coal. Between the coal being free, the coal chocolates being free, now an engineer is giving you a discount back and make up for the extra second lay $20 tile cost. Yeah. Um, it's fairly cheap to pick up out of your stoning capital money. Our group usually sees it go pretty reasonably close to face value, maybe 5 or 10 yeah. off yeah i i think in general our
0: group pays at the upper end of reasonable um for everything um i've been i've been told by i think jonathan mentioned that he thinks we pay too much for things that our group pays too high and i think he's jonathan knows a lot of people all over the, the world and i think he's being influenced by people whose groups pay less um i, I mean i think if we if your group values everything the same, you're in a good boat. It, it, it doesn't really matter. If you're all overpaying, you're all overpaying. If you're all underpaying, you're all underpaying. It's where, like, if your group doesn't value one type of these companies and those are cheap, then you should focus on getting those. You know, it's it's more yeah. about the discount that you get um, and then how that's going to shape your strategy than exactly what it is that you're getting i feel like although with the exception of that that dual bridge company which is a total dog um all right let's um we're like already in berkeley people this is crazy fast we're only
1: 30 minutes in yeah, um hey, we're, and we we got so much more yeah we, we're like we're, we're almost
0: two an over we, we, we <laughs> described the private this oh, no, game that's right we haven't even gotten to the first stock round right yeah, okay yeah. so yeah this is this is uh yeah all right so let's get out of the privates let's get to the um, the 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 uh the the first stock round um, yeah all right talk to me first about what value if any you place on trying to get priority in this game
1: uh I and the more I've played this game the more I'm valuing trying to get priority and uh, one way you can game the private auction to kind of rearrange you getting priority is. Once you're happy with your privates, you can start passing in the private auction, and that'll help you be more likely to be in the top end of the priority queue. Though, you're bidding on starting companies in the first stock round, so you would think that the priority is less important. However, by being priority, you have more influence on which things get bid on in what order, and the way that plays out can have a big effect on what position you end up taking.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me because you would think that like, you know, hey, you're going to be able to bid on a, a place and it doesn't matter who puts the place up all that much. But the more I play this game, the more I realize that there are it's not so much that you want to win the early bids, but it's that you want to get the information out there about who's playing where right yeah you know and 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 what are they valuing things at i mean so you know one of one of the things i'm <clears throat> notorious for is i kind of hate private auctions and i i just want to start playing the damn game and so i do maneuvers that aren't necessarily helpful to me but they <laughs> yes, sh- they shorten the process right <laughs> you know so i'll rip in 1830 when all i'm buying is you know a couple of like nothing you know um but in in this game um one of the things that i do is you know is i do force like okay mr pittsburgh it's time to put up and shut up you got the steel mill you better bid on the damn thing and and you know um uh let's see who's getting baltimore let's see who's getting you know don't I don't want to wait around to see what people are valuing Charleston at. People are undervaluing Charleston, I'm going to win that bid, right? And I want to do it when I have all my money. So, um, you know, I don't want Charleston to go in some late round when, eh, you know, there's one player who hasn't bought
1: anything yet so they can get it at the price of their choosing. Um, Going back to my early example, it's like I had that game where I thought I was going to be Louisville um, and Cincinnati and then something else for the third company. But I want to make sure that every better spot is taken for a reasonable price before I open that at the lowest possible price. Yeah, I mean, um, if someone gives you South New York at 110 bucks, you're going to yeah. take it at um, 110 yeah. bucks. Oh you know? yeah, that's great. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. So okay. So priority does matter matter a little bit. Pass if you know if you get your 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 companies out of the way early, your your privates out of the way early. Um, pass a few times. Try to get yourself to the top or closer to the top of the order. So I like that. Um yeah. All right. Um, Tell me about how many companies you typically choose. And again, folks, four or five player games, sometimes six, not three. So
1: how many companies do you usually... I usually do two. Um, I think that that is... I've been doing it as a safer play as I try to learn this game and do well in it before I really start doing riskier strats. Like three with a bunch of loans and more like highly levered strat. Um, two is usually there's, you know, you get a better pick on what you get with two because you'll be spending more money for each of them. Uh, and then I've almost always seen one company starts in 1817 as being a mistake. Uh, Were you there that
0: game, Simon? Won.
1: Did he? So, so okay, Simon, you so, pull, so, pull, yeah, so, pull it off. So
0: Simon, first bid out of the chute, 260 dollars a six-player game like 200 and every penny he had charleston and i think i could have outbid him but i was like well that that doesn't look like you know (laughs) and i don't think i had coal companies either so he had he had like the coal company and so he immediately bids uh, builds, he he says, Screw Pittsburgh, I'm building south. He's got coal companies, he lays coal south. And so he's running two routes south to that offboard. I forget which one it is. What is it that one? Who knows? Anyway, Atlanta? Atlanta, yeah. So the Atlanta offboard, he's going two, two routes down there. And uh, he does manage to pull off the token in, in Pittsburgh. He'd like, we go to green, and he gets the token. I'm guessing he had the extra token private. Uh, he... I think maybe, but no, he, I think he grew to five. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, um, and proceeded to half pay the entire game and crush us all. Andy was close. He, he, Andy probably would have won, except he had three shorts outstanding that ended at $600. <laughs> And he couldn't close them. He'd never experienced he'd never experienced that before. Or maybe it wasn't three, but it was it was a couple. Um anyway, so and there is a one way to win one company game. Um if if you got six, five, five stupid players with you, not stupid, but you know, you're better than the five guys next to you, um, and it's a six player game, you just half pay the entire game and your your home life late. So anyway, back to the two companies strategy. I, I agree with you though. I think two companies is if you're learning this game, if you haven't played it a lot do the two companies in in a four or five player game you know and and sort of try to build something that is going to eventually be something bigger than it is um in one company is really hard to pull off so
1: yeah Yeah. which part of the map are you trying to go for when you're say you're getting the priority yeah again i'm i typically use the priority
0: to get the stuff out that i i mean If I've won Pittsburgh, I'm not going to bid on Pittsburgh. I'm going to let someone else start Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. because I'm going to let I'm going to let them set the price. Right. Like, I know I have to go in Pittsburgh um, and, you know, so I'm going to I'm going to bid on something else that gives me synergy, but then still allows me to pay a fair price for Pittsburgh. Like, I'm not going to get greedy and try to get Pittsburgh for one hundred and ten right like if it's that low, players are just gonna go no let's just let's just screw you and make it so you don't have the Pittsburgh tile
1: right um, and, and just we can point out one reason why you want Pittsburgh a bit lower like that is it but what I mentioned earlier you play the tile with a different company that frees up your money to big big on something else that's important like Baltimore or um, South New York or something like that so by making them pay more for the Pittsburgh, even though you really don't want it, you can't go too high on forcing them to pay it because they'll they'll, take, they'll make you take it
0: yeah, so but you gotta
1: there's you gotta find that number but you yeah want to I mean, limit their bidding elsewhere on the map. yeah you don't want the Pittsburgh player
0: opening Pittsburgh and Charleston yeah. you don't, you don't want them opening Pittsburgh and Baltimore you know you don't want them opening I would even say Pittsburgh and like South New York. You want them opening, you know, maybe Cleveland, um, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the two Cleveland spots, preferably one of those crappy river cities. You know, I mean, Philadelphia is okay, you know, Um, but if if you let them, you know, if you let them open Pittsburgh for cheap, um, that's that you're going to regret that choice. You know, Um, so. Um, yeah, I, I definitely my, my early strategy is just to because I rarely get the Pittsburgh tile. Um, I mean, in our group, it's like typically the person who gets priority says forty dollars for Pittsburgh. We go around and see if anyone's willing to pay forty five that day. If they are, they get it, and otherwise, the first the player with priority is. I mean, that's that's yep. kind of how that that works. And and since Pittsburgh is so pivotal in this game, um, you know, uh, yeah you got to figure that one out. Um, I do, I do like to try to get, um, and I've been able to get for fairly reasonable price, the South New York, um, because it can only run one train. It's not well loved at the beginning of the game. Um, but you know, I like to build to the middle um, of the game and, and I'm willing to put up with the low payouts that that spot gives me. Um, especially, If you're playing on a day when people aren't valuing South New York, you probably can get it reasonably cheap and still win Baltimore, and that's a great combo. I I think it's a great combo.
1: Um, I mean, that's that's a great combo for that. You know, like a mid-game merge, you're going to be really happy with that. Or even if you want to just run two separate companies, throw them up separately, merge them up later. Um, I like that combo too. What do you think of Cleveland? I well so. So it's always entertaining when
0: one person gets both Cleveland spots. Yeah. um, Just because they can do so much crazy stuff with their track lays. Um, You know, I I usually end up with one of the two Clevelands. Um, I like to put Cleveland up early and try to get it cheap. It's interesting to me in many of the games we play that... We have a player get the first Cleveland spot for like 110, 120. Mm -hmm. And then the second Cleveland spot goes for like 180, you know, like a big number. Um, But I've seen it, you know, go much higher. And so, got to get it before it sells out. Yeah. And so, but so the first one will go cheap. And you're kind of like, well, I, and and so, yeah, I typically do like to get a Cleveland token um, in a three company strategy. If you can get Cleveland, that's awesome.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. Because um, you're if you're three companies, you're probably on the low end of the pars, so you're getting a cheap Cleveland, and that's better than uh, a large a lot of other places on the map. Yeah. Cleveland's a much better. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't like the double Cleveland um, play. Maybe with three companies, I would want it. I don't like uh, double Cleveland i usually means I'm paying a lot for one of them or a lot for both and I'd rather be elsewhere. And, um, yeah, I think the double Cleveland's more of a humor thing
0: watching the four track lays in a row. Yeah. You've, yeah. You know, what's, what's this one again, that one down there, that's the one that's just South of Chicago. Indianapolis. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen the, the four double four track lay Cleveland, where they cut Indianapolis off from Chicago. Um, that's always hilarious to me, you know, um,
1: yeah, certainly, I've seen Indianapolis start when when there's a lot of like if there's a game where like a lot of people are doing three companies. Talbot likes start. Talbot likes Indianapolis a lot. He
0: tends to start that one. He tends to get it cheap um, and um, usually engineer the uh, the um, Chicago offboard and if he's lucky, even the double Chicago offboard. Um, if there's not a double Cleveland start and he's a, you know goes before the Cleveland players, he can he can um get, you know maybe cut them off or at least ensure that he gets one run up there. Um,
1: yeah, if he pars first, then there's only a single Cleveland. He's got it for sure. Yeah, and then yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. There, there can be some tension over there on getting to Chicago early. Yeah. Other thoughts on where
0: you? Uh, just for the record, guys. It, I mean. We tend to ignore uh, Boston, anything north of New York, unless it's like a, you know, kind of a strange start. Albany, anything up up in the northern half other than, like, Cleveland is far north as we typically go. Rarely do we see people start stuff up there. That's more for the second round of company starts.
1: Yeah, you might see, like, an early Albany. Um, I think it's actually pretty good early. We usually don't see an early Scranton yeah um, and boston i've started it one time it just it has a lot of track lay cost it's so expensive um but sometimes you can get it cheap, and sometimes you can get um North New York pretty cheap too, so that paired together can be nice we We tend to avoid Boston even kind of in the mid game sometimes ah. like no one no one really wants to pay. all that money yeah i'm seeing that evolve a little bit um and i
0: and i think that we're thinking and maybe it's a little bit better than we have been treating it especially if you are that guy with the three mountains and you have a coal still delay you can lay it up there um maybe and you know coming out of boston um towards albany or something or or Scrant around scranton so
1: but yeah, we generally avoid that. We avoid Richmond, Blacksburg. Usually, someone ends up opening Cincinnati and Louisville, and sometimes Indianapolis. But uh, yeah, it's it's usually on the cheap end, which where you where you want to par those pretty low normally to make them worthwhile. Um, Philadelphia is always an interesting how that plays out. Who opens that? If the Pittsburgh player opens it, they might not point to Baltimore and New York City, but maybe they will yeah 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 i mean so you know whatever
0: companies you're starting at you do need to really pay attention to where they need to be in the operating order to get the track they want you know if you have a baltimore like if if you get philadelphia but baltimore goes before you and the pittsburgh player isn't cooperating where are you going you know like you're gonna go to Scranton, like. Yeah, you got into Scranton good luck you know it's and you're running one train to Scranton you know meanwhile the Baltimore players running directly to New York right so um you know just just definitely as the early games and the early cities are coming out and taking shape you know, pay attention to your par price so you know your operating order or the place that
1: you're operating at because it really is going to matter. Um, and you have an option in this game, which is which is fairly unique to 1817, where you can take loans during the stock round, including the first stock round, which means um, you can make slight slight adjustments. So you could par it in a certain way for the capital, and then within reason on one company you could take out up to two loans to drop it one or two spots on the stock order. And then the order you do that can matter. And um, sometimes you're giving up priority. Sometimes you're not. If you, if you get your companies open soon enough, you might be able to arrange the loans just right before uh, someone else is done floating all their companies. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, and thinking about your power price because you don't have to say, I need this low price for the ordering, and I'm just going to sit on the money. You usually don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. No. You, yeah, I mean, coming out of the the first stock round with $5 in your pocket, yeah, okay, fine. Coming out with $35 in your pocket, I, I don't know what, like, what are you going to do with the $35? Like, it's not going to help you more.
1: Yeah, and this, this is a game where the, money you're opening with is very, like, very tight. That's really why you need the loans to make something with it. Yeah. So not having that money on your charter is really going to hurt you in terms of, like, like you might have been able to use that money, didn't buy you a train, but maybe you're just paying interest for one or two more ORs where you can full pay instead of half pay, for example. Right. Or maybe it gets you over the edge to, like, buying that three train in OR2. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Let's see. Thoughts on anything you do that's vastly different, four-player versus five-player?
1: I think that... So the starting capital, Just let's let's talk about it real fast. In four-player, you're starting with 315 before the privates. Five-player, it's 252. Yeah. So five-player is going to be much more difficult to get three companies going. That's... Um, you would need to get a lot of seed capital to afford to do that. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you, yeah. You, you know,
0: I mean, the, 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 what, the minimum recommended money is 55 per share. So 110 into the company because that way you can start the company, fall back and take two loans. You can do 50 because if you only take in one loan, if you're, yep. you know, so but still, you know, that's 300 kind of the. Uh, and I would say probably three twenty is the bare minimum. So two fifty two, they got to give you seventy dollars of seed capital. And if you get seventy dollars of seed capital, you're probably putting real capital in, of almost nothing. Like you yes. are probably heavily loaded on companies.
1: Oh, we should mention we should talk about that real fast because yeah. I, I, I've been I've been in games where I did that, and I've seen games where other people do that where you get you want to get so many privates and then you end up with only like $50 of actual cash for like putting into your companies and paying interest. Uh, <laughs> it makes for some very tough decisions on which companies you can open, which privates you can put into companies. And also you, you need to buy... You can only buy trains with loans. So you're going to have lots of loans. Yeah. I,
0: I'm... I'm fairly risk adverse, not a big loan player. Um, I don't, you know, Talbot, when I play with him, we'll be in the mid game and I look over at his three companies. He's got 27 loans between them, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I, you know, you look over at me and it's like, I got four and I'm, I'm sweating like, oh my God, I got too many loans. <laughs> um, you know, and so I would say when I first started playing this game, I... Always made sure that one of my companies could buy a train with cash, and I've kind of abandoned that rule, and my games have gone downhill. So maybe I should go back to that rule because, you know, having a hundred bucks on one of the two companies and a hundred bucks in cash to just buy a train outright, um, you know, I I, I think that's a, a safer strategy. It's definitely just makes your life a little bit easier. Um, which I mean, one of the things you want to think about this game is you do want to, you do want to play the first OR set in your head as you pick the par price. Cause I, I cannot believe the number of times it's like, oh, that's right. I needed to do try two track lays and that cost me $20. And that means I'm taking a second loan to afford the damn track lay and that's not good, you know, or, oh, yeah, yep. you know, that mail contract doesn't pay the first <laughs> OR, and so I need $15 more dollars than what I thought I did, and now I'm taking another loan, and, oh, my God, I'm going to pay the interest in the second OR, and this
1: is going to suck, you know, so. And if you're really on the edge where you can, you're planning on already taking two loans, and now you're $15 short, well, now you're taking two loans and only getting one train. Yeah. Um. Well, that's, uh, yeah, good luck with that. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: so um yeah early loan early loan taking um everybody's gonna do it um but you know it is you are just borrowing against the future you're gonna have to pay it back sooner rather than later
1: the other thing that can happen is you're playing out these ors like steve's talking about and you have it all figured out down to the single dollar and then enough people take out loans in that stock round, and interest is now 10 or starts at five. So interest is now ten dollars instead of five dollars in the first OR. And now you can't afford that. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I am almost never see it go to $10, but it's it always worries me. There's some times where I'm sweating on so, my end of the table. Like I hope if I saw one player
0: take like four loans. To manipulate their operating order, I think I would do it. I'd take push it over. Yeah, just
1: push over the edge. Oh, and that's great for you because you have one loan. They have. Well, I'd have to take two. Like well, they, you, you, yeah. you have two loans, but then they have um, They have all these loans. And, yeah. and if I see someone doing that,
0: to me, it's a sign of someone who is like planned out there first turns to the gnats detail yeah and so it would just be like all right guys here's the monkey wrench into the machine (laughs) and and, and good luck with that you know like i don't plan that closely so a little chaos i'll be okay i'll make out just fine you know (laughs) (laughs) so i i don't i don't think i've ever seen anybody though do that i mean like take out four loans to manipulate both companies down two spaces that would be an edge case, definitely.
1: We, I, I mean, you see it later in the game, though, for sure. Taking yeah. out loans, like we'll get into the shorting and stuff. But yeah. well, late, late game. not today because we're sitting here. Uh, we're we're way early,
0: which so yeah. at least no one's waiting for us. But um, so, the, okay, so the most brilliant thing I have ever seen done with taking loans in the stock round was in a game with Talbot and and JJ. And um, the guy who runs um, Grand Trunk Games, whose name I can never remember because I can never remember anybody's name. Um, And Talbot was in a bad position, but he was going to um, tank one of the Grand Trunk guys' companies. And Mm -hmm. it was two spaces above um, acquisition. And so Talbot's buying shares to put into the bank pool
1: to drop it down. To drop
0: it down. And he took two loans and put it in an acquisition, and now Talbot can't sell his shares. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I guess there's the, the rule that you can't sell shares in acquisition. Yes. And so and now he owns shares. He owned
0: 40% of the company. Yeah. And he had no, and he was like, he needed the capital to start something else. He was just first tanking those shares so that, that he'd, they, you know, they'd have to defend them. And all of a sudden, Talbot is a forty percent stakeholder in his company <laughs> it 's an acquisition, and talbot's like uh and we call, we called the game like Talbot was pretty much dead at that point anyway, um, but once that happened, it was like, oh yeah that was that was brilliant i'd never seen anybody defend their company um, by taking loans and putting it in a place where you can 't sell shares you can't take short on it, can't do anything, no stock transactions so um yeah uh, that was pretty brilliant i think folks we're we're sitting outside the cafe we got a parking space um and we we made it almost the first o r eighteen yeah, we, 17, 55 minutes of strategy talk, and
1: uh, not a single trackway not a single trackway
0: no we haven 't even bought a train yet um no. Nope. And so, anyway, um, for all you guys who uh, voted for 1817, uh, I hope you regret your choice now. Um, and because uh, you're gonna have to listen to more, you're gonna have to listen to much more. <laughs> 1817. Um, let's see. Uh, next Wednesday, I am not playing games, so um, it'll be at least the Wednesday podcast will not happen next Wednesday. Um, but who knows? May May talk with other folks or something might happen um but uh i don't you know i haven't published a schedule because there isn't a schedule and things get published when they get published so any final words adam
1: uh if you're you know visiting the u.s from sweden come
0: that's right yeah, yeah. that's true yeah play
1: with us yeah too, yeah. Network, yeah
0: yeah, so. that's, yeah. We, we don't have to go to sweden to play with the, all the swedish players you guys come here we we'd love to host you um you know and uh
1: Oh, we did uh Dan showed up and joined us last week.
0: Yeah, yeah. That yep. was fun. That was that was really fun. It was good to see him again. Um and uh you know, if you're if you're ever in the Bay Area, um look us up and uh, come play games with us. East Bay Train Gamers. East Bay Train Gamers. See you talk to you later, folks. Listen to the jingle, the ramble, and the roar As she glides along the woodland to the hills and by the shore Hey, folks. Well, it's wrap-up time. Um Played 1889 tonight um, with a couple of newer players and Adam. Uh, always my mistake to play with Adam. Um He always teaches you something new, but in a very painful way. Um, it was a very interesting game. Uh, 89, you know, has this challenge where if you're not careful, the fours become permanent. Um, heck, the threes can even become permanent if uh, if you slow it down enough. And um, sure enough, um, that was where we were at. Um, and Adam was, um, well, him and I were kind of, search in for the bottom uh he did a brilliant maneuver at the beginning of the game um in the private auction i unfortunately ended up um with being the low man on the totem pole for um auction uh for for the privates Uh, i got the one that lets you lay that port but uh that was the only thing i got and everybody else was earning more than me so i had to buy that big clunker that pays out $30 a round, but costs $150, and so there's no way, in heck, I was opening a company. Um, and what ended up, happen, I, d- I did spread my investments, but one of the players, um, early on, I forget exactly what happened, but anyway, I ended up being solely invested in Adam's company. Um, And for this for the second OR set, um, which was a single OR and um, he withheld. And so I didn't have the money to um, I had like three or four of his shares and I didn't have the money to start a company. Because he withheld. The reason he withheld was because he ended up having to buy the first three, but in order to do it, he had to buy his third two. So he had three twos and a three, and so that company is obviously headed to hell in high water. Um, but he also knew he could slow the game down by withholding, so I couldn't start a company. And um, that would mean that the twos would last longer, that the four wasn't likely to come out because no one really had money to burn through all the remaining threes and get to a four. Um, And uh, so he could really control the pace of the game Um, in the early game. um, The newer players hadn't really figured that out and they didn't um, then work to engineer um, starting companies that round, um, which... they they probably could have done. They probably could have sold down. Um, They they had, well, one player hadn't uh, rated his company by buying in the privates, but the other player had. And, you know, um, if you've rated that company, you know, someone steals it, eh, it may not be the worst thing in the world. So why not? Um, And so we had an early stall. um, And then um, the only good thing that came out of that was that... um, Adam was last in priority order for starting the next OR set or the next stock round. And so he was stuck with that company that has only one token, um, starting that as a second company. We all got a chance to start a second company before him. Um, And um, so well, I was my first company, everybody else was starting their second, but I was finally starting my first. Um, luckily the fives took a little while to come out. So I was able to sell in my privates and get some money out of those things and get back into the share game. Cause I was way behind on shares at that point. Um, I did eventually, you know, I, I made a mistake. Um, I should have realized that we were on the path for the, um, the stall, right? That, that, that fours were probably going to become permanent and someone, unless someone, um, withheld a bunch and force bought into them. And it, it's actually, that, that game state is fairly easily telegraphed by the number of companies that start at $100. Um, if those second round of companies are all starting in the $80 range, which is what most of us did, Adams bought the presidency at $100 of that crappy company but he didn't start at that OR set. He started that stock round. He started at the next stock round. He didn't have enough money. He just wanted to reserve the presidency. And so um, three companies started, but we were all at like eighty or seventy-five dollars. We didn't have the cash to start at a hundred. And that just means not enough money is entering the game to burn through the trains fast enough to um, to not have that late game stall. And. I didn't recognize that. I don't play a lot of 89. Um, and I don't think a lot about 89. Um, and so I only bought one three when I could have bought a three and a four. Um, and, uh, cause I was just going to wait it out and get to the five. But as it turned out, the five didn't come quickly. It just kind of, we hung around, um, on those fours and things. And so, um, we had one player who was like, the four is gonna be permanent and I'm gonna buy three of them. And he did that. And it took Adam a while to finally engineer it, um, where you know he had a four, a five and a six, and he was able to do enough withholds um, to get the four on one company um, and $800 and buy that uh, diesel, which then killed the fours for the um other player had three of them he, he he Adam had to wait because he needed to make sure that the guy could buy two diesels out of pocket without going bankrupt um and he could um of course at that point he was like five shares behind us it didn't totally kill him i mean he wasn't you know it didn't end the game with less money than he started but um it, it pretty well killed him um so yeah real real uh Real interesting game, uh, as always, Um, uh, especially when I play with Adam. It's funny, since I've started doing the podcast, um, I think a lot more about these games than I used to think about them, Um, and I reflect a lot more on what happens in them. I'm hoping it's making me a better player, Um, but uh, it's definitely making me think perhaps too much about these damn games. But, um, you know, uh, it, it was an interesting night. Uh the other table they played 1849. Um there was uh four folks there. We actually had eight people tonight, which was which was awesome. Um I didn't really get a chance to pay any attention to their game. Uh I did hear Pete won. Congratulations Pete. Um and uh I think Pete's Pete's also getting better at these things. Um so um it's kind of nice to see. Um and uh yeah. Um Thinking, thinking forward, uh, obviously, uh, 1817, we, we did almost an hour of strategy talk and, um, didn't even get to the land and track. Didn't even get to the first OR. Um, hopefully that was not too much minutiae. Um, especially if there's people out there listening it that don't own a copy of the game and can't like whip it out and understand what the hell we're talking about. Um, I think the upcoming All Aboard Print um, is going to make this a much more accessible game, and lots of people get to try it out. Um, I'm not an 1817 hater. Um, just, you know, I don't want anybody thinking that, I, because I have some somewhat negative comments about it, or said I wasn't my favorite game, or something like that. I forgot. Um, it's just that I'm really bad at the game, um, and which, you know, I I do like to think I have a chance of winning these things, but when we play 17, I don't often feel that way. Um, And 17's a really long game. Um, I've definitely played 17, an eight hour game where I spent uh, six and a half hours uh, knowing I I couldn't um, finish higher than maybe second to last. Um, And uh, I mean, that's not on the game, that's on me. Like if I was a better player, I would be able to figure out engineer how to change my game state um uh but um but anyway maybe i'll get to be a better player in 1817 but um i do know that uh or i've heard that one of the groups maybe it was the seattle guys or some of the portland guys somebody anyway they tended to play a lot of it on weeknights but they wouldn't finish the game they would basically get to the fours and and call it um and so much of 1817 is played in the first third of the game, um, that, uh, I, I think there, there may be some merit to, to playing it that way to just, you know, I mean, you have to obviously have a group of friends that are interested in, uh, wasting a lot of time and not knowing who's going to win a game. Um, um, but, uh, you know, to, to get to be good at it. Um, if you, um if this is like my podcast is somehow your first exposure to 1817 and you are eagerly awaiting that first copy, um, to show up and your buddies are all like, yeah, we're going to get that thing out and we're going to play it and play it. Um, definitely don't judge the game, um, until you've played it several times. Um, I, I don't know if there are any, uh, YouTube, um, playthroughs of it, Uh, there are certainly not enough YouTube playthroughs to um, even begin to scratch the surface on the strategic options available to you. Um, Many people wonder why that game is so long, um, and if they've never played it. Once you've played it, you you begin to understand. Um, It is not like you're going to play 20 OR sets or something, and it just takes forever. Um, In fact, I mean, you may. It is probably seven, eight, maybe nine or sets. Maybe not. I, I. I don't think about it. It's hard to. It's hard to pay attention to how many or sets happen in that game. So I, I have a feeling though it's more like seven or eight. And so you're thinking, okay, well, Steve, you play games that are six or sets all the time, and those are the last four hours. How can a game that is only one or two or sets longer take three times as long? Um, I've experienced uh stock rounds in 1817 that last almost two hours. Um part and not all of that is someone sitting there with a brain freeze for 20 minutes. Um it, it definitely does involve the brain freeze. The the um if you if you have AP players who like when presented with many, many, many options, are just gonna sit there uh and work churn through them and burn through them. Um get out the timers because the the strategic options available to you in a stock round because of shorting are myriad and multitude and um figuring out that puzzle and and knowing what is the right thing to do um for someone like me you know i just feel my way through games i don't think about these things too hard um I, I do stare at the board every once in a while mainly with track lays, trying to figure out okay, is there a better thing i can do here but um you know um it, it it's just there's so many options available to you you know and so if you've got an ap player um just be prepared for that um you, you know hopefully you have an ap player that you have um a great relationship with and they know their AP and everybody else knows their AP and it's not like, you know, a negative thing to say, look, you get analysis paralysis and you take 30 minutes sometimes and, you know, this game will not end in one day if we allow you to do that every opportunity. And So, you know, let's limit you to only, you know, doing that once in the game. (laughs) You know, you get, you get a total of uh, 60 minutes of AP. You can burn them any way you want. Um, and uh, once that six minutes is up, we'll put you on a five-minute timer. And every minute you go over five minutes, um, you pay $100 out of the bank. You know, something like that. I don't know. But, um, but just be aware that uh, the strategic environment of 1817 is that large. And, um, you know, hopefully us talking about just the very opening in an hour explains that some. Um, we will definitely continue and I'm, I'm definitely going to uh, widen the scope of people who I have talked to us about this Talbot plays 17. Really interestingly, definitely want to get his opinion on some of this stuff. Um, And uh, I got another buddy um, who's on the forum. Some who's also a 17 um, aficionado that I want to get uh, his, his take on things. Um, And uh, so anyway, getting on the freeway uh thanks a lot for listening really appreciate everybody um uh and uh have a great evening our eastern states are dandest so the people always say from new york to st louis and chicago by the way from the hills of minnesota where the rippling waters fall no changes can be taken on that war base cannonball